namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambodassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambodassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambodassa Today Dharma talk is karma, K-A-R-M-A, karma in Sanskrit, K-A-M-M-A, karma in Pali, in English translated as volition. We are talking about this topic under the umbrella of sadda, sadda, faith, belief, confidence. Having faith, belief, and confidence in Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, and Kama. So, as a Buddhist, you need to know what Kama means from the Buddhist perspective because this word has been bounced around the world and in different religions they have a different quantitation. Now even the West adopt the same pronunciation karma and using quite literally. So one needs to know exactly how Buddhists meant what karma is. In general, karma people know as action or deed, something one does. So under the action, there are three kinds. One is physical deed or physical action. Another one is verbal deed or verbal action. And the third one is mental deed or mental action. Physical, verbal and mental. All actions executed by these threes constitute karma. So karma is known as volition, translated, or you can call it will, or mental intensity or mental effort. That's what karmas mean. In general, people say, oh, what you do, what you get, what goes around, comes around. It's actually doing things. In general, that's correct. But in a stricter sense, whatever action that you do, whether physical or verbal, there's an intent behind it. You can call it intent. You can call it intention. Or you can call it will. 
that intent or strong intention or the intensity of mental effort is karma, known in English as volition. Karma is not cause and effect. Karma is simply cause. And the effect is known as resultant or the fruit. In Pali, it's called vipaka. Only when you say karma vipaka, then it becomes cause and effect. Cause and its resultant. And as a pair together, karma vipaka is the the law of karma. When you say the law of karma, it means cause and effect. When you say only one word karma, it's simply an action, physical, verbal, or mental. That we need to understand clearly. That is from the Buddhist perspective. But whenever one committed or executed a physical action or mental action, which is the cause, there is bound to be effect. It is a natural law. If there is a action, there will be consequences or result. It's a natural law. No one can escape that natural law. That's why it is called the law of karma, cause and effect. One need to know that very clearly. So, with the will, okay, with the will, one acts mentally, verbally, and physically, which constitute karma. Karma is cause, but not the effect. Okay. And karma is one of the mental formations or mental factors. They are all together, 52 of them. And one of the 52, which is mental associate or mental co-committance, is karma or volition. In Pali, it's called Chetana. Chetana, volition or will. And this karma, like everything else, okay, it arises and it passed away in a fraction of a nanosecond. It arises and passes away. All mental factors, all mental formation, they arise and they pass away immediately. 
But this karma or chidana is something different from the rest. What it is is it arises and passes away like all other things. And it is the cause. And there is bound to be effect. That effect could be immediate or a bit delayed or delayed for years or delayed even to some future existence. So the potentiality of producing result, okay, the potentiality of producing re result remains. And this result produced where all conditions, when all conditions are right or happen to be together, at that moment the result blossom, whether it is good or bad, wholesome or unwholesome. That is the difference of this jetana volition from the rest of the mental factors. The potentiality to produce result remains. And all beings, most of the things are the result of karma, but not all. Some of the things that happen to living beings are due to natural law or physical laws, like due to physics. These kind of things also governs what happened to a being. But mostly karma. But physical law, in other words physics, natural law also governs what happened to a being or a person. To that extent, one need to understand this karma. And this karma is done by a person or a being. Whatever that person do, the results belong to that person. What other people does belong to them correspondently. What you do would not produce result in other people. What other people does will not become ripened in you. In other words, this karma belongs to you. All the actions that you have caused, there will be a result. That result, you will experience it. Those consequences are all yours. In other words, karma belongs to you. The one that you have done, it belongs to you. So in other words, it is the sole possession of a person or a being. It doesn't belong to anybody. In other words, this karma is the inheritance 
that one can truly have here right now or in the future so that is another factor one should understand because it promotes responsibility you are responsible for your own action whatever you have done in the past there will be a result or consequences or the fruit that result is called vipaka resultant whatever you have to do there will be a effect which is also called resultant or the fruit and that resultant or the effect is simply an effect it doesn't has the energy or power or potentiality to produce anything simply is you have done something wrong and the consequences will come to you that consequence itself does not has any power to produce father but simply is but your reaction to that situation your re reaction to that result or consequences will produce a new karma that one need to be clearly understood as well the resultant the fruit the consequences the effect has no power to produce any new karma but your reaction to it will produce new karma that's how the machine or mechanism of karma works if you clearly understand it then you will behave accordingly we all say we don't want to suffer we want to be good happy pleasant peaceful rich wealthy and so on basically we don't want to suffer and if it is true if you truly believe in it you will not commit anything that is unwholesome bad or that hurts and harms other because you truly believe in it but you say you believe in it and still you are doing hurting and harming others your action does not follow what you declare you don't want to suffer but you still produce actions that suffers others which in turn will be coming back to you to make you suffer that's why it is the self reliance self responsibility to all things to yourself to and to all things around that is what karma streamline wants to be 
or to all of us. If we truly want to be happy, we will avoid any unwholesome karma or bad karma, and we will cause only wholesome or good karma. That's why karma is very important to us to believe in as a Buddhist. It not only streamlines your life, it also safeguards all other beings that you come in contact with. That much, I think, will give you a, a better understanding of Buddhist perspective, what karma means. And karma also is a, a great tool to explain the inequalities we are having in this world. Okay? Some are born rich, some are poor, some are healthy, some are not healthy, some are lucky, some are not lucky. Some live a very good life, decent life, wholesome life, help others, but still they got into dangers and troubles. And some people are really bad and nasty. But at the same time, from the normal perspective point of view, they are rich and powerful. Why? It's not fair. That is the way it can be said or based on other beliefs and religions, then it throws out the, the balance of the concept of their religions. If a supreme being is all compassionate, why some are in happy and peaceful state and why some are constantly suffering? This karma explains a lot of, or in fact, all of the inequalities we are having in this world, in our society. First and foremost, let's see what it is. Okay. Some people live very long life. Some people have a very short life, cut in prime. Some die in the teens. Some actually die instantly after they were born or even in the womb. Why is it? And the way the Buddhists explain is, all living beings have lived eons and eons of lives in the past. And it's living now and it will keep on living in future for a long, long time. During those periods, you have committed or done many actions, physical, verbal, mental. And one thing is killing, killing people, or killing any living beings. If one has done this kind of a killing, one of the precepts, Panati Pata, killing living beings. And people who have killed, hurt, and harmed a lot, those people have a very short lifespan. And people 
who doesn't kill. On the contrary, it helps and it saves other people's life. Those people live a very long life. That simple explanation, which explains long life and short life. Another one is some people are very sick and some people are very healthy. Sickness and disease fall on a lot of people. And some are in the 80s and the 90s. They are as healthy as an ox. Why? And in here, the reason is people who have hurt or harmed other people, not killing, hurting, harming, cruel, torture, those kind of deeds. People who have done those kind of deeds, they were born and in this life they will find there's a lot of disease and sickness and accidents and injuries. And people who doesn't hurt and harm people, but on the contrary, it saves other people from injuries and sickness and so on. They have a very healthy life. That explains the why one is healthy or why one is full of disease. Another one is some people are born beautiful and some people are born very ugly. Beautiful and ugly. And that one is the direct cause is anger. Anger. Just look at yourself. When you are angry, look at yourself in the mirror, how your face becomes distorted and, so to speak, ugly, unpleasant, not wanting to look at. And when you have no anger, when you have love and kindness in smiling, look at your face in the mirror. You have a very beautiful expression. That's what anger does. Anger creates ugliness in people and love and kindness create beauty in people. So a lot of people who are angry, okay, all the time angry, in their life they are very angry moments, short-tempered, who couldn't control their outbursts. These people, when they are reborn again, or in their rebirth, they are ugly, and people who associate themselves with love and kindness, they are very beautiful. That is how the, the beauty and ugliness of people differs or inequalities. That is one explanation. I'm only explaining the key points. There are so many causes and so many effects, of course. They are interwoven and interrelated. And also some have many friends and relatives. Everybody want to be around you. And some people have hardly any relatives or very few friends or no friends, no attendants.
In other words, you are loved by all and you are hated by others or totally discarded or shunned by others. Many friends, no friends. And that one is explained from the jealousy and envy. Okay. Some people are very jealous of others, envious of others, jealousy and envy. When you have this jealousy and envy, you are always undermining yourself. You try to split others, you try to break up others, you try to destroy the unity of others, societies, countries, and so on. Division, divisive nature, that's what jealousy and envy does. So when people have a lot of jealousy and envy, when they were reborn, okay, they have very few people, they have very few friends, not much relatives or attendants. And on the contrary, if you are compassionate, then you have lots of friends and relatives and followers. That is the explanation of being having many friends or very few friends or no friends. And some are born very rich, some are very poor. Born or you become very rich in your life and very poor in your life. Some people work very hard but it's always poor. And that is directly related to the generosity of a person. People who are generous, always giving, always sharing, whether big or small doesn't matter, wholeheartedly, fully, those people has always have an existence of abundance, rich, wealthy, and so on. And people who are very miserly, stingy, don't want to share, even want to grab other people's, those people are born poor. That is the direct related cause and effect consequences. Nobody is deciding or determining that you will be born rich, you'll be born poor, you'll be born beautiful, you'll be born ugly. Nobody is. In fact, you are deciding your own future. In other words, your future is in your hand what you do, what you cause, will produce a result, corresponding result. So in other words, there's no one who is deciding, okay, you should be punished, you should be rewarded. There's no punishment and reward, because as soon as you say punishments and reward, what happened is, there is somebody who is judging, someone who is judging. Maybe all-powerful one is judging. From the Buddhist point of view, nobody is judging you. 
nobody is rewarding you. Nobody is prosecuting you. It is your own actions. Whatever you have done in the past, wholesome or unwholesome, there will be good result or bad result will follow. It is a natural flow, natural law. You don't even have to purposely make it. Simply your actions, of course, the volition and the will behind your actions will produce a corresponding result, a natural law, not a judgment. To keep on explaining, some people, they are born under the favorable circumstances and some are born under unfavorable circumstances. Or simply say, some are born lucky and some are born unlucky. Okay. Some people, they just simply do it and as soon as you do it, something already results come in easily. They can get the result easily. Or there's always someone pops up to come and help you out of nowhere. Some people, they try very hard but no result. You are in a difficult situation. You look everywhere. You look others to help you. Nobody shows up. That's been unlucky. Lucky and unlucky. That one is the pride. Pride or conceit. In Pali, it's called mana. When you are, have a full of pride and conceit, full of pride and conceit. You look down upon others. You treat others badly. You make other people's life difficult because you have so much conceit. Maybe even on a righteous, righteousness. I'm right, they are wrong. I know better, they are not. And through that, you treat people quite badly from your pride and conceit under the guise of righteousness. And those kind of people, when they were reborn, they have an unlucky existence. But people who are humble, okay, humble, respectful, full of gratitude, those kind of people, when they are reborn, they are always lucky. Those are the lucky people. Whatever they do, everything is successful in the easiest fashion, and there's always someone to help you. And last of all, some are born very intelligent, and some are born dull with it. Why is the difference between people intelligent and dull-witted? And the answer is straightforward. People who are born intelligent for many eons of lives before, they have 
live an existence of the pursuit of truth. Pursuit of truth. They're always searching for truth. They always have curiosity for knowledge and wisdom. Because of the curiosity for knowledge and wisdom, they have spent their time mostly on the pursuit of truth. And it has been going round and round for many, many years, many, many lifetimes. And those kind of people are born intelligent. And people who are not interested in truth, who simply wants to be with the sense pleasure. Okay. They don't care about getting knowledge or wisdom, what is right and what is wrong. And those are the people who are born dull with it. So in here, all the inequalities in our society, okay. long life, short life, sick, full of disease and healthy, ugly, beautiful, lots of friends and attendants, no friends and attendants and relatives, okay. lucky, unlucky, intelligent and dull-witted. These spectrum will cover every aspect of our lives. It doesn't escape anybody. And these are simply the result of we have done in the past. Nobody is making you that way, nobody is sending you that way, nobody is sending you to heaven, nobody is sending you to hell. But your own actions produce these results. So that's why the law of karma is very, very important for Buddhists. to believe in, to have confidence and to have faith in. If one truly wants to be happy and peaceful and all the favorable circumstances around you, one will always strive to do wholesome things and avoid unwholesome things. So that much will be sufficient enough for now. Okay. As a Buddhist, one need to understand karma or volition or will clearly and then live accordingly if you want to have a happy and peaceful life. For that reason, we need faith and confidence and belief in the law of karma. It streamlines your life and it creates a harmony and peace to everything and everyone around you. So may all of you be able to live a wholesome life, producing good merit, good karma, and may you be able to create a beautiful and harmonious society around you as soon as possible. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.
Buddham Pujemi Dhammam Pujemi Sangam Pujemi Thank you very much.